Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who has been, had been when he got in, uh, the one to beat Donald Trump. And now what we're seeing is that he only survived one contest, only survived Iowa, and he is dropping out of the race before voters even go to the polls here where I am in New Hampshire uh, day after tomorrow. This is a really stunning decision, a stunning decline for a candidate who had millions and millions of dollars. All of the donors uh, who were kind of not into Donald Trump at the beginning of this process, way before he even got into the race back in May, they said Ron DeSantis is our guy. But he clearly felt that that was not going to happen for him. The money was drying up, and the polls were making clear that he was not going to be able to make it very far. And that is a deadly combination when you are running for president. Uh, just in our poll today, Frederica, he got only 6 percent here in New Hampshire. He has not been advertising here, for example, since uh, November. And that just kind of gives you a sense of where things are. If you go back to Iowa, just last week, Frederica, he went to all 99 counties. He made a very big push there, and he didn't win one of them. Mm -hmm. And so the combination of that, all of the money that he spent, and the lack of traction that he has been getting made it very clear to him and the people in his campaign, the people in his family, yeah. that it was the end of the road for him in this particular race, and he is suspending his campaign, Frederica. Well, Dana, it's still really remarkable because we're talking about the timing of it all. Why now? Two days ahead of the New Hampshire uh, contest. Oh, wait a minute. We've got that video now in uh, that we want to share with everybody okay. that you're making reference to. Dana, let's watch and listen. Reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. 
If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I wanna thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, she's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail from playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you and God bless. All right, so if you're just now joining us, that is a video uh, where Florida Governor Ron DeSantis now announces that he is suspending his campaign uh, for the GOP nomination uh, uh, in his path uh, to the White House. He says, we don't have a clear path, but at the same time, he also said Trump is superior to President Biden. So clearly he's throwing his support behind Trump, who in every uh, indication through so much polling that he is still the leading figure in the race for the nomination of the GOP. And so just a couple days ago, you heard Nikki Haley saying it's a two-person race, and so it is now. Dana Bash back with us now. So we're hearing with some clarity there from Ron DeSantis that he's out. He had some real uh, criticism for government still works for itself, not for you. Yet even with that criticism of, of government, he is no longer on the path to try to uh, promote some sort of change uh, with him in the White House. But, you know, it's still curious yeah. as to why he made this decision now when immediately, even after a poor showing in Iowa, he goes to South Carolina and then he comes to New Hampshire today for at least one campaign event, canceling on television appearances, and now has this very constructed uh, television announcement that he has suspended the campaign. So what happened in between all of this? Uh, well, I've just been texting. Well, first of all, I should just tell you, give you a little bit of context. I am currently at an event uh, 
Nikki Haley. I'm not sure if you can see or hear her behind me, but I am with Nikki Haley right now in New Hampshire. So it's a bit surreal. They delayed the start of this event, it seemed, as they were consuming and digesting the news that Ron DeSantis was, in fact, uh, suspending his campaign. And now it is Nikki Haley and it is Donald Trump. They are the ones on the Republican side of the ledger who are on the ballot here. I mean, DeSantis will likely be on the ballot, but for all intents and purposes, there it is a race between them, even more so now. Uh, to answer your question, as we were listening to that video, Fred, I was texting with a uh, DeSantis source who said that right after he was in South Carolina yesterday, he went back to Tallahassee, back home to Florida, met with his family, they talked, and decided that this was the best course. Because I think you were alluding to this, the plan, at least what the campaign had told everybody, was that he was on his way here. He was supposed to be here for a, um, an event tonight in just a couple of hours. And obviously, he is not coming here, and that is not happening. You know, what you said, Fred, about the idea that even though he did so poorly, he did not win one county in the 99 counties of Iowa. Uh, he still went to South Carolina, still came here, went back to South Carolina. The question that you asked, a very good one, is why? My experience in covering these processes, these primaries, particularly when it is um, sort of within the party, you know, the early process, the nominating process, it takes a while for the candidate and the candidate's family and top supporters, but it's, this is a very personal decision, to go through, um, I don't know, sort of the stages of campaign grief and to figure out that it is, in fact, the end of the road. And he has been out there for so long, for so many months, mostly in Iowa in recent times. And it, uh, it, it takes a while for this kind of thing to sink in. It is not unique to Ron DeSantis to not figure it out or at least to come to terms with it, you know, the day after or even the night of. And so that is what has happened. Now, I will say, you mentioned this, Fred. DeSantis was supposed to be on my show this morning on State of the Union and also on Meet the Press on NBC. They canceled light last night or last evening. Uh, they said it was for logistical reasons. His campaign is insisting that it was still the case, that he hadn't decided until this afternoon. Uh, we'll take them uh, for their word on that, that this was a decision that he and his family came to while he was home in Florida after leaving South Carolina, Fred.